Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. Awesome. I'm so glad to be up here and sharing. And I tell you what, those songs, those songs were chosen for a reason because we're, we're going to be talking about choices. We're going to be talking about, because life is full of choices, amen? You chose to come to church today. You're choosing to watch online. You're choosing, you're making a choice all the time. So we're going to be talking about choices. You know, we've been making choices since we were this big and we're never going to stop making choices. And so it's good to factor in always as believers what God says about decisions, what God's word says about decisions. Because you know what? And I say this a lot. He will never lead you down the wrong path. He's never going to lead you astray. He's not a man that he should lie. He's never gonna, you're never going to find anything in his word that will set you up for failure, ever. Because he's a good God. And all of his word, every bit of it, is a promise that he's made to us. And see, that is a promise that we can take to the bank. We can, we can build our life on it. Jesus said we can build our life on the word of God. So we're going to be talking about choices, decisions, all right? And um, the title of the message is, Whose Report Will You Believe? That's a good title. <laughs> Uh, the reason I like it is because we have a choice. We have so many reports coming at us from the news to wherever we're at, where, where, you know, wherever you're at, if you're in school, if you're, if, if you're in a certain vocation, if you turn on your TV, if you turn on your computer, there's so much going on. There's so many different reports that are coming at you from everywhere concerning everything. If you just go on the internet, everybody has a report. And you can just make one up and everybody will start following you because they'll think, hey, that's a cool report, <laughs> you know? I mean, that's just the day and age that we live in. So it is, it is a good question. Whose report will you believe? I mean, that is a valid question. And we want to be able to answer that confidently. Uh, when, you, when you ask the children of Israel, uh, when, when Moses was alive, what he said was, Whose report are you going to leave? Let, uh, believe? Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. This is in the NLT. He says, today, this is when Moses is on the earth and he's leading, the, the greatest leader, all right, millions of people. And he says, today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make, all right? And he says this, oh, that you would choose life. He even gives us the answer, so that you and your descendants might live. So he knew that, he said, listen, now, now they're not in the promised land yet when he makes this, this he, when he declares this. They're just outside the promised land. And he knows that, you know what, you need to settle in your mind and in your heart whose report you're going to listen to. Because it has the ability to not just affect your life, but everybody, you know, your children, some say your children's children. There's generations that can be affected 
by the choice that you make. All right? And he's saying this because as, as you go into the promised land in the Old Testament, there were giants. There were enemies. There were people who were bad, who were against the children of God. So you had to know whose report you were going to believe when you went in. And we need to know as believers whose report we're going to believe when we're faced with a challenge. When those thoughts are coming, what's next? What are we going to do? When we're facing a situation that we've never faced, hello, COVID. You know, we're in a, we're in a, and I hate to say this word, unprecedented time. But how many times have we even said that word? Because we don't know what's next. I don't think anybody really knows. So you want to you wanna base your life and your decisions on someone who does know. And that is God. And you know, he is so good to us and for us all the time. And he's never going to leave us without. So he says, choose you this day. All right? Make a choice. And make choose life. He gives you the answer. But then when you, when you come over into the next leader, which was Joshua, Joshua came up under Moses, and then he was assigned to be the leader of the children of Israel. Guess what? In, in uh, Joshua 24, verse 15, he says, he already declared it. That's for me and my house, me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. He had already declared that he knew that no matter what, me and my house, my family, who I'm responsible for, we're going to serve the Lord. What does that mean to serve the Lord? Work in church? No, you know what that means? You're honoring him. You're going to put his word first. And it's good to work in church. I'm just saying, throw that out there. <laughs> it's never bad. But that's the thing. Joshua declared it. Go Joshua had come up under Moses, and he had plenty of opportunities to believe differently. Walking through a wilderness for 40 years when he had believed the report of the Lord in the beginning of those 40 years, he said we were well able to, to not have to go through this. We could go right into the promised land. But Joshua never wavered from what he believed. And, you know, we can be that sure. We can be people who really are convinced that God's word is true, that no matter what you're facing, that there's nothing greater, that if you learn to make God's word the final authority in your life, if you learn from day right now, if, if you're wavering, if you're thinking, well, I don't really know, spending time with God is the best way to find out what his word says. Spending time with God to find out what he says is, is, is reading your word every day. You know what? Can I have yours, honey? I don't know how long this has been here. <laughs> Thank you. You see that catch? It got on film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So, thank you. Oop. All right, watch this. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> that would be really impressive, though, if I did do it, but I probably... Uh, all right, so, so we understand that Joshua made that decree. He said, you know what, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So that is what we're going to be talking about today. We are going to make some decisions, people. We are going to no longer be wavering back and forth. You know, James says that when we waver back and forth, we're unstable. And an unstable person can't really expect to be in faith. And we want to be people of faith. We're faith family church. We are people who are faith filled. We are faithful, all right? And so our faith cannot be in what we're hearing out here. 
our faith grows and is strengthened. Our roots grow deep because we can trust and have faith in his word. Amen. So we're going to look at a few situations um, in the Old Testament, and um, we're going to see based on, on this report, what are we going to believe? In, um, in what's my next scripture? Nick, can you pull it up? Because my eyes, okay, <laughs> my eyes. First uh, Kings 18.21. Elijah is the prophet at this time. And Elijah, he is such a cool dude. All right, he really had a, a I mean, he was the, he's like a major prophet, okay? And what happens is he, he, the prophet of God in the old days, that's how God spoke. He spoke through the prophet. The anointing would come on the kings, the priests, and the prophets. So if a prophet came to town, People are like, uh, are you coming with good news or bad news? They were a little nervous. You know, Jeremiah, he was a good prophet, but uh, he always had doom and gloom <laughs> to prophesy. He was the sad, the, the prophet of sorrow or something like that. But Elijah, he was really neat. And he goes to Mount Carmel, and he's dealing with these people who are wanting to be worshipers of Baal. And there's hundreds of these prophets who are worshiping Baal and wanting the people to worship Baal with them. So Elijah says this, he says, he stands in front of them, and he said, this is in front of the people, he says, how much longer will you waver hobbling between two opinions? The people had to make a decision, a choice, what we're talking about. How long are you going to decide, or try to decide, I'm going to, no, uh, I don't know, I don't know, we have all these, and then we have this, and you know, we, we've, anybody been there? You're trying to decide what you're going to do. What's your next step? So he says this, if the Lord is God, follow him. That's easy, right? He says, but if it's Baal, if Baal's God, then follow him. Listen, but the people were completely silent. They didn't know what to do. Well, I'll tell you the next, sto- the next part of that story. Uh, God showed up because he's the real God, all right? And all of the prophets of Baal and all of them, they all died, you know, <laughs> that's just what happened. I mean, that was bad. That was, a, that was an A or B. And, and hopefully, if we ever find ourselves in a situation where you have the word of God or somebody else's opinion of what they think the word of God says, you'll always side with the word. All right, this little, little extra thing there. But that, that is the word of God. That is the surety. But it's interesting that the prophet said, how long, how much longer will you waver? When you're wavering, when you're going back and forth, you're not making a decision to move forward. You're not really doing anything. You are, technically, you are, I guess, making a decision. You're deciding not to do anything. But God always wants us to lean in to what he says about the situation. But guess what? It takes trust. It really does. But how do you, how do you learn to trust God? You read his word. I'm telling you, you know, every time I'm behind this podium, I'm telling you all to read your word. (laughs) I am telling you why, because there's so much coming up in the world around us that if you're not, if you're not spending time in the word of God, you're going to be hearing and listening and taking in the world's opinion. And eventually you'll find yourself listening to that more than what God says. And and as sound as you think it is, Let's always lean to the word because God says that he watches over his word to perform it. He doesn't watch over an opinion of man, all right? So just a little, another freebie. <laughs> Y'all are just pulling it out of me in the morning. All right, so let's, let's look at Isaiah 53. This is another prophet. Now, this book was written years before Jesus was born, yet in Isaiah 53, 
in the first verse, and we're going to read through uh, verse 5, he says this, who's believed our message? Who's believed our report is what some of them say. He's getting ready to report something, and he wants to know who's going to believe this. To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? Let's keep on reading. We're going to read all the way through. My servant, he's talking of Jesus, grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root and dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him, all right? He was despised and rejected. This is talking about when he was, was being beaten on the cross. A man of sorrows, acquainted with the deepest grief. We turn our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. All right, this again, this is prophecy. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. That's what he was going to the cross for, our weaknesses. All right, it was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles, our thoughts, were that his troubles were a punishment from God. Yet a punishment for his own sins, but we know that he was the perfect lamb. Verse 5, but he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. That's a report of the Lord. That is a report that came out thousands, I think it's a couple thousand years before Jesus was even born, I believe. Got my Bible scholars on the front row. I haven't gotten a no, so I'm going to go ahead and run with that, you know. <laughs> but guess what? It was the report of the Lord, and we get to look at that and decide whether or not we're going to believe that. How many are believing God for healing in their body right now? We just read a report from the Lord. See, we're always going to have that choice. And now, without a show of hands, how many are wavering? See, because what happens is we read a report of the Lord and we see it. I mean, it's, it's for real. It's in the Bible. It's not an opinion. It's not a magazine. It's not on the Internet. It is in front of us on our, uh, in our Word. And we have to decide based on what that says or are we going to decide based on how we feel? Well, I still have headaches. Well, I still feel this or whatever. See, that's where we're going to have to lock in and decide, I'm going to go with the word, all right? And that's, that's a decision. That's how we make decisions based on the word of God. And as we get to know God, and I promise you this, the more you get to know him, the more you spend time with him, it's going to be settled much quicker each time. You're just going to say, oh, okay, show me in the word. Okay, there it is. Or you'll say to yourself, if I can find two or three witnesses, that's what it says in Corinthians, if I can find two or three places, I'm going to establish that in my thinking. I'm just going to say, yeah, that's the way it is. That's the way it is for me. All right? And then you're this testimony. You're walking around and you're saying what God says. And what the Bible says is that he'll watch over his word to perform it. It's in the same portion of scripture that we just read just further down. Sound good? Isn't it easy? But it's hard, isn't it? <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. I'm not going to make light of it. It's easy because it's all been done for us. We believe it's all. You know, we just sang that song. You know who picked those songs this week? Me, because I knew I was going to be preaching. 
We believe it's already done. But the hard part is walking it out. We want to see the power of God in our life, right? So we're going to look at three points. We're just going to look at, at, at that. We looked at these couple of stories. But, but we're going to look at this in three different ways. We have a choice to, um, and this is what I put up here. Go ahead and put up, Nick. You've got to be listening in order to hear, okay? Because, see, we hear a lot. The, 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 the people who were, were, were uh, um, with the, the prophets of Baal, they were hearing a lot. Well, were they really listening? See, we have a lot going on, especially nowadays. We have the Internet. We have music. We have our radio. We have, I mean, we just are bombarded. Some people have the, uh, the news on all the time from 5 to 11. <laughs> no, that you watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy in the middle of that, and then you put the news on. <laughs> but am I old? I just love Wheel of Fortune. I have watched that, like, forever. <laughs> I love it. But anyway, notice I didn't say Jeopardy. Unfortunately, I... <laughs> I'm more of a Wheel of Fortune person. <laughs> but anyway, um, but, but a lot of people are bombarded by what, what is out there. So we hear a lot. But what we need to learn how to do is listen. But we want to listen to the right things. Listening actually takes a little bit more effort. Listening will say, you know what, I'm not going to listen to that because that is doubt and unbelief. I'm not going to listen to that. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Now, y'all can be spiritual. You know that. <laughs> and put your little fun spins on it. But you have to make that decision. You have to decide, you know what? I'm not going to listen to that. I, when my husband comes home, he hears Pandora music usually. And I have all my radio stations I've created. And right now, everything is Christmas. Is that right? It's actually been Christmas for uh, like a couple months. <laughs> There's not one Christmas decoration up, but the house is full of Christmas music. But a lot of times it'll be podcasts or it'll be worship. It'll be, I, I'm controlling the atmosphere is what I'm saying. You can control your atmosphere too. When you're driving in your car, you can shut off, you know, whatever you're listening to if it's contrary to what you believe in God for. Because if you don't intently listen, you're going to hear a lot and you're not going to be able to decipher through that. You know, if you don't have your filter of the word on, saying, you know what, that's going to get, what, whoa, 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 I just feel really gross when I listen to that. That's, that's going against, I know I'm healed. I'm thanking God. I, or I, I'm thanking God for that new job. I know this happened, but guess what? God is greater. He's nothing, and, and I promise you, takes God by surprise. We're always, always, we have the advantage if we learn to listen and not just let a bunch of stuff be you know, played around and, and a background. That's a lot of background noise. And a lot of times that steers us and we don't even know that it is. What about this next one? Um, you have a choice in what you believe. Nobody made you come to church. Nobody makes you believe. Well, maybe some of you were dragged here. I don't know. I shouldn't say that. But, <laughs> oh, everybody's looking at this. I see who was dragged. <laughs> online. I'm just going to look online. Okay. So, but, but this is the truth. We, you have a choice in what you believe. We do live in a free country. You can believe any way you want, all right? But this is the thing. You want to believe the right way. And the right way is not my way. The right way is what the Bible says. 
okay? Don't ever just take my opinion for it. Oh, well, they were standing on the podium, on the, po uh, the, the stage, so that must be truth. No, you find it out in your, in your word yourself. You commit to, to, to being that disciple that we've been hearing about all, all, all season, all year, you know, just, just setting yourself under the word and everything. But you have a choice in what you believe. You can reject it. You know, the prophets of Baal, there was a choice on that, on that mountain. You could believe in the God of Israel, the true God, or you could believe in the, the, the prophets of Baal. They had a choice. And see, we have a choice right now what you're going to believe. So these are indicators that, what you're, that you really are believing the promise of God. Say you're believing God for healing for your body. <coughs> you're going through something. Um, or you know somebody who said, hey, be in agreement with me that, that you know, I'm healed in Jesus' name, and you tell them. And then <coughs> that person is, um, you talk to them the next time, and this is an indicator what's coming out of their mouth about their, their healing. What, what's coming out of their mouth concerning what you prayed with them for. See, your mouth is always going to be an indicator. Um, we, we have the scripture, Luke 6.45. Can you pull it for me, Nick? Um, Luke 6.45 says, A good man brings out good things that are stored up in his heart, you know, and, and, and an evil man brings evil things out of his evil stored up in his heart. But this is the, this is the indicator. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. See, you can say, oh, I am in faith. But really, what are you talking mostly about? The ailment, the problem, the situation, how, how big that mountain is, how dark it is, and how dreary and how bad I feel. And I'm not saying denial. You guys got to understand. I'm saying that when you're learning to make a decision and you want to follow after the word of God, what is your mouth talking? What is it speaking? Is it in agreement with what you want, or is it based on how you feel? Well, I prayed that. Well, I, I said it 10 times. <laughs> I read my Bible last week, and I still feel the same way. I mean, really, those are things that we kind of make light of, but a lot of us are in that spot. We're wanting God to move, and we, we do. We have the promises of God, and they are real, and they are yes and amen, the Bible says, to them who believe. But the indicator of whether or not we're actually, you know, in faith is, what are we saying? What are we talking about? I remember when Christopher, and we bring this up a lot, but when my son, Chris, who was up here singing, who's 34, and the reason I say that, I know it's weird because I'm 35. <laughs> it's like, so, really? Wow, big laugh there. <laughs> but anyway, but it, it, what's, what's wild is that when, when he was first diagnosed with a, uh, his body had stopped making red blood cells. What we were shocked. We had, I mean, he was born, you know, perfect. And and so he gets, we get this report. And, and, and so what we decided was that we're going to believe the report of the Lord that he will live and not die and proclaim the works of the Lord. But then everybody would come into our room and say out of love something so sweet that said, oh, God, he knows what he's doing. He needs another angel in heaven, or he needs another flower for his garden. That was beautiful, very sentimental, but it was wrong. God did not need another angel in heaven. He didn't need a flower for his garden. 
So we had to make a decision. So what we did with our bold faith, we told them they couldn't come into our room. They couldn't come near us if they weren't going to speak anything but faith. And these are family members in a hospital room. Yes. And so guess what? Um, Chris is 34. <laughs> God is good. The miracle happened. Yes. And But this is the thing. It's not because you know, well, we'd said it 10 times and then we'd turned around three times and then we, you know. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we believed it. And because we believed it, we spoke it. You see, you don't just speak it 10 times or 50 times or, well, I said it an hour straight. It's, the Bible says, out of the abundance, what your heart is full of, that's what it's going to speak. So you got to make sure that what your heart is full of is that promise. What, what, is your heart full of that promise that he's got your future? Is your heart full of the promise that you're healed in the name of Jesus? Because we just read he bore our sicknesses, our diseases, our, our, our sorrows. You know, how many times our grief. He bore all of it. It wasn't just a physical. It was emotional. It was mental. It was so much that he did on the cross. And it included every single thing that would ever come and try to take us away from our promise. He, our, our physical healing is his purchase on that cross. It's ours to receive. All right? So that's a good indicator. What are you saying? All right? And, and I'm, I mean, I'm not picking on anybody because I, I have to keep myself in check. And my husband and I, we, we used to say the funny little things. Oh, he would say something, <laughs> and I'd go, so you want me to be in agreement with that? <laughs> you know, and I'd put my hands on my, my hips because I'd be like a little bit of attitude. Yeah. But <laughs> it's true. But, but then he would say, no, wait a minute, sorry, that's wrong. That's not what I want to say. We would keep each other in check in love, you know. We weren't, you know, I wasn't the, the word police kind of I was, but loving. I was the loving word police. Okay. But, but that's what we're there for, and that's what we should do with one another. If you call me and you're going through something, you're not going to get me chiming in, and the, uh, you just won't. You're going to get the word. And I think that we should be there for one another that way. But the only way you can really do that is if you're spending time in the word because you need to know what the word says, right? All right, so we commit to that. We commit to speaking the word. But look at our next one, which, which talks about the arm of the Lord. We, faith moves the arm of the Lord. It really does. What is the arm? Uh, it's just a nice way of saying his power. You know, the Old Testament, the arm of the Lord. You know, it sounds awesome. But guess what? That's our God is moved by faith. And see, just like those songs, you know, we see a victory. I'm going to see a victory because the battle belongs to the Lord. You see, our faith, we'll see God move as we walk in faith. We are moved by faith, and we will see that God, he is, is moving, he's, he's bigger, he's, he's more, he's everything that we need. If we've lost, he will recover, all right? If we're sick, he will heal. If we, if we need clearer direction, he'll, he'll fine-tune it. He'll help us so much in any area of our life. There is not anything that is not important to him, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, concerning us. Uh, one of my favorite portions of scriptures is uh, uh, Psalms 139. And it talks about how we're fearfully and wonderfully made, but 
all through that, he's saying, I can't, there's not one place that I can go anywhere that you're not there. You know, you're thinking about me like all the time. I mean, it's such a love letter to us and such a constant reminder that we are always on his mind 24-7. And we might go, well, how can anybody do that? Well, he's God, <laughs> and he can. And he wants to, he wants you to really know that he loves you that much, all right? So our faith can be found and be confident in everything that God says. That's just good news. Like, like really, I thought, thank you. I thought I would have gotten more amens. Thank you. Not just from my husband. <laughs> but this, th now we're going to talk about another person. This is the story of Naaman. Now, Naaman, he was, a, um, he was in the army. He was a, um, like a general or something like that. And so we're going to look um, at the story of Naaman. He's found in 2 Kings. And um, this is an interesting story. Do I have that scripture? Here we go. This is 2 Kings chapter 5, and we're going to read from the NIV, and we're going to start in verse 9. What happens is Naaman, he gets leprosy, all right? And Naaman, and it, I mean, leprosy is a death sentence in the Old Testament, okay? And, and it's a horrible condition. It's horrible, and he's got it. Well, somebody in his camp says, hey, there's a prophet, and, you know, we'll get him to come, and he'll hear from God, and he'll heal your body. And so he says, okay, so, so they go. We're going to start in verse 9. He says, so Naaman went with his horses. They go to see him. And, and they stop at the door of Elisha's house. All right, so verse 10, he says, Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. Now he gives them instruction exactly what to do, and then you will be cleansed. All right, let's go on. So verse 11, but Naaman, now he hears this. He hears from the Lord. He says, Naaman went away angry, and he said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord God and wave his hand over my spot and cure me of my leprosy. So he's so mad because it didn't happen the way that he thought it should. Okay, you don't have to raise your hand, but if you ever thought, <laughs> I was just going to say, how many people? But I bet every one of us has experienced that. Well, it didn't happen the way that I thought it was going to happen. And so we, we stub up. You know, we think that it, as if we are God, as if we're in control of everything. And that's a big mistake if you all think you're in control of anything. You don't want to be in control of anything. You want God to lead you and guide you so that you hear his voice. We're, we're talking about hearing his voice and making good decisions. But he was offended. But here he goes, um, verse 12. He says, Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Jordan was a very dirty river. It's like the dirtiest river. And he tells him, you've got to go wash seven times in it. Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? He's like reasoning. So he turned and went off in rage. All right, let's look at verse 13. <coughs> Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, and they're very sweet here, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you wash and be cleansed? This is such an eye-opener for a lot of us. This, does not, this is not just isolated to healing. 
This is any situation that we're believing God for. Don't put God in this little teeny tiny box and decide that that's the way he's going to move based on what you know and how you feel and how it happened and da 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 da. And you put everything out there and you just decide exactly how God should move and answer your prayer. And we've all done that. Well, but look what he says, verse 14. So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times. And as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Amen. That's a good ending, right? He had a choice to make. He had a decision to make that was either going to be healing, like the promise said, or he was going to choose to be offended. He really had, and, and I tell you what, I believe that a lot of us find ourselves like Naaman because we are dealing with something and through that dealing with something, we think that God needs to move a certain way. And I think what happens is not on purpose, but we decide, forget it, it doesn't work. I'm just going to do this. I've always done it this way and this is the way I'm going to do it. And then we make that decision. But unfortunately, God was not in that decision. He was wanting you to go this way or think this way or do that. The Bible says in Romans 12 too that we need to renew our mind. We need to start thinking like God thinks. We need to start talking like God talks. Because then when we start really thinking like God, renewing our mind and talking like he talks, guess what? When he tells us to do something, or to go to a certain place because they're hiring. And, and everybody's looking at you like, they're not hiring. Well, I know that that's where I'm going to go because it se- seems right on the inside. And guess what? You go there because that's where God is. He's leading you and you get that great job. Or your body is telling you one thing and the doctors give you a diagnosis. And they tell you with that diagnosis that for the rest of your life you're going to have this or you're going to do this. You've got a decision to make. You've got a decision to make. Are you going to believe the report of the Lord? Or are you going to believe what the doctors are telling you about your body? So there's three things there. We've got to learn to listen. We've got to make that choice, okay? And we've got to be in faith. God's never going to turn away anybody who's in faith empty-handed. You'll walk away with your blessing. You will. It's already done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with a, with a testimony, a testimony in the making. And I really feel like, um, I, 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 and you know, one of our core values is we want to be authentic. We want to be real in our church as leaders. We never want you all to think that we've just got everything under control, and eventually someday you'll be as spiritual as us. <laughs> because we are just not like that <laughs> at all. But... I wanted to share something with you, and um, this is personal. So, um, but I want to tell you, this is a journey that I'm going on. All right, and I have my church family here. So I'm going to share a little bit. Um, It was in um, the middle of April, I started getting weird symptoms in my body. And I thought, well, what is going on? And just weird things, a little dizziness, tingling, my fingers and toes and different things like that. And not even a tingling, like a pain, like a pain that was incredible. 
And so I thought, you know, I need to go to the doctor. And it was really interesting that God just opened up the door. This is in the middle of COVID, okay? And the doors just don't open that quickly in the doctor's office, but they did for me because we had prayed and we were believing God. And so um, they ran blood work and everything like that. And it turned out that my blood, my platelets were like really, really high, um, like 800,000. And so, and they were thick. So they were very concerned that I would have like a stroke or something like that. So the next day I did the MRI and then the next day after that I did other things and so forth. And what it came down to was, you know, um, they were watching, then they did a bone marrow and they wanted to really look at the blood and make sure that everything was good. And so what they determined that it was a blood cancer Okay, but I'm fine. <laughs> this is so funny sharing. It's not funny, but you know what I mean. So um, <coughs> I, I went to the doctor, and they, they gave me this report and everything, and uh, they wanted me to go on chemo and everything like that. And um <coughs> what's really nice is that my son who lives in Las Vegas, he um, had been talking to a natural doctor out there, and the natural doctor will believe in food and, you know, not taking chemo or different things like that and a, a different path and everything and um, so I said um, and he started talking my son started talking to him about it and so he says you know what he goes mom um, fly out and and we'll we'll get you all taken care of and everything and so I flew out on my son's birthday Christopher first time I've never spent my son's birthday with him and um, so we flew out we stayed there for a couple weeks and we ran a bunch of tests and everything and so um, he has me on um, a different way of eating. Um, obviously, this is, <laughs> I've lost a lot of weight, but I feel really good. <laughs> but I'm losing weight because I'm eating healthy, all right? I'm not taking any chemotherapy or anything like that. I have learned how to eat. I'm learning about my body. But I am still going to the oncologist who is, uh, talking to me about my blood count and everything like that. So um, why I'm sharing is because last week there was tremendous attacks on people in our church who I love very, very much. And I never want anybody to think that, you know what, Pastor Mike and I, we live in the ideal life and nothing ever happens. We're so spiritual. And, you know, we went to Bible school, so, you know... <laughs> But that's just not the case. You know, we are a target just like anybody else. We live in a world that is fallen. We have an enemy who is the devil, all right? And the Bible says that he seeks out who he can kill, steal, and destroy. So I know when I'm preaching this message, I'm going through this right now. I'm declaring healing for my body. I'm declaring what the word says. I'm going to the doctor, absolutely, I believe in doctors, but my doctor's so cool, I technically don't know what he looks like because he always has a mask on, <laughs> so I couldn't pick him out of the lineup, but you know what, He's every time I go, he goes, well, he goes, just wait another six weeks, and you know what he says, then he says, well, I know you're, you're a believer, right, now he's not at all, oh, wait six weeks to put you on chemo. And then he says, and so, so the, the chemo would be forever. 
there's not a cure. That's what they're telling me. The, the gene mutated and, you know, you're a mess, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, so I said, um, okay, but, you know, I'm a believer. I told him right in the beginning. It's really awesome. Now, another doctor in his office who I saw, he's like, we got to get you on chemo right now. Stat, we got to figure out what your dosage is going to be and everything. I'm like, no, I'm going to go to Las Vegas and gamble. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to go to Las Vegas. <laughs> Actually, I didn't even tell him I was going to Las Vegas because he kind of scared me. So I'm on this journey. And so every time I go to the doctor, he's scratching his head and going, that's so wild. Oh, we'll wait another six weeks. Well, I have no intention of going on chemotherapy. I, I just, I, from the beginning, you know, I've declared that with my family, and I have the best support system in the world. My kids, you know, uh, you know my husband, who has gone on, going on this journey with me and everything. And, you know, the byproduct is I've learned how my body responds to certain foods and different things like that. And uh, so I saw him this last time in October. And he said, you know, he said, your numbers are down, which is good. And, you know, he says, let's just, let's just wait till after the holiday. Like he keeps, he's, he keeps on just like, yeah, we'll just wait. We'll just see. You know, I, may, I, I know you're talking, this is what he said one time, I know you're talking to the man upstairs. <laughs> and so I'm good with that. I know I'm healed. I am not in fear, and, and, but, but let me tell you this, I am not immune to those thoughts, everybody, that you get laying in bed the day before you have to go see an oncologist, okay? I am not immune to the thought of looking at your grandkids, which my grandkids do not know, so don't tell anybody, um, and nothing like that, but I'm not, Im I'm not immune to all those thoughts and those feelings and how real it is, but I am so convinced. You know, this is exactly opposite of what my son had. His body stopped making them, and my body decided to make too many. Isn't that funny? Same devil, same God. Who am I going to believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Absolutely so. Now you all know, and you can be in agreement with me, and we're going to be shouting and praising God together all the way through. Yeah, right? And, and it is, it's a journey, and, and I enjoy, I feel like I've just let a lot off my chest because, you know, I've wanted to share. I really have, but I know that the word is true. And, and just when people were attacked this last week, I was just like, I said to my husband, I said, I'm going to share because no matter where we are, whether it's, it's a, an, a physical ailment or a, a job situation or a relationship or whatever it is, we serve the same. We have to make a choice. And so our choice should always fall in line with what the word says. And then we speak it. Fill our hearts because out of the abundance of our heart will come forth exactly. Wow, y'all are good. And then, and then we'll, we'll keep hearing ourselves speak that. And guess what? We'll get that desired outcome because it's God's desire. When we read that first report of the Lord that he was wounded and he did all that for us on the cross, that's the report I'm going to believe. And that was for me. Another thing I do, I take communion every day because I remember. I remember. And it's, it's just so healthy for us to remember all that he has done. Amen? All right. <laughs> I made it. All right. So you know what we're going to do? Uh, we don't want to ever end a service without giving everybody an opportunity to know Jesus personally, which means that you open your heart and you say, you know, I need, I need that Savior. I need Jesus. And let me tell you, anybody who thinks that they do not, you're being deceived. 
we need a savior. We need to know, especially in this day and age, that there is somebody who is going to fight that battle for us and someone who will always be there for us. Better, the Bible says, closer than a brother, right? That's Jesus. So let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. And let's just be confident that he hears our prayer. And Father, we're just gonna, we're just gonna just surrender in front of you. And, and I, I would wanna pray, I'm just gonna pray this first prayer. But anybody who's dealing right now with sickness, dealing with loss of a, 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 a relationship, loss of, um, you know, a job, you know, you don't know what you're gonna do. You're in a situation that is just, you've never been there. Well, guess what? God is here, and he's here to meet your need. He's here to be so on point with you. But he really, he really just wants you to trust him. And we're going to pray a prayer because, you know, no, no matter where it is, no matter how high that mountain is or it just looks a little, but it's devastating to you, guess what? He's there. So we're going to pray this, and actually I'm going to pray it over you. And I just want you to be in agreement with it. And then dig into the word. You know, the word is not something we should just take for granted that, well, I'll read it tomorrow when, when I feel like it. The word should be just as important as, more important than anything. That it should be your lifeline. You should look at it that way. So, Father, we just, we just come before you, and we know that you are just so good all the time. You are so faithful. You watch over your word to perform it, Lord, and there is not one person in this room, in this viewing audience, uh, whatever we are <laughs> online, that um, doesn't need you or is not going through something that we would need an answer. Lord, we saw today that it's important that we listen and that we make that decision and we make it in faith, Father, and we know that we can expect your power to come in in a mighty way and, and take care of us and direct our paths and give us that peace and that next step. So I'm trusting that for every person who is hearing my voice, Father, that no matter what you're going through, Father, you are going to be there to help us and guide us through to the victory. We see a victory. It's already done, Father, for the battle is yours. We agree with our, with our words that you are truly the final authority in our life. Your word, uh, we just declare it now, healing, provision, peace, wisdom, direction, whatever it is, Lord, we just declare it now, and we receive the victory in Jesus' name. Amen. And also, let's just keep our eyes closed for a second. Anybody who does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, anybody in this auditorium, and anybody listening online, we're just going to make that prayer available. It all starts with a relationship with him, with Jesus. So let's just really just pray. If you're born again, pray for those who are lost because they need Jesus. So we're going to pray a prayer. Father, right now, I believe that you died on the cross for me and you rose again for my justification. Your blood was poured out so that I could be declared righteous. I receive that, um, all that you did for me. Father, I declare now with my heart, with my mouth engaged, Father, that I am born again. I've received you as my Savior. And I trust you and thank you for this amazing life you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's all, yay! Okay. <laughs> all right. Listen, last thing, last form of worship. We get to...
Hmm? Oh, Isaiah was not a thousand years. He was 700 years before Jesus came. Thank you. That's my Bible scholar son on the front row. <laughs> He's like, oh, is that what you're doing? I think you're going, hey, mom, you're looking really cool. I thought he was doing that. No. All right. So we, we get to take up the tithes and all. This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.